welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Monday edition of the show. Hope everyone had a great weekend. We are excited to get back in the saddle talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the biggest question of the entire offseason surrounding this franchise. Will Tom Brady return? to the Buccaneers. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing? And uh, you getting ready for Mobile? We're going to be going to Mobile, Alabama yeah. next week for the draft. So very excited about that as well. Yeah, that's right. So we are going to be in Mobile covering the Bucs uh, at, at the Senior Bowl. Todd Bowles will be there. Jason Light will be there. We'll see if they'll talk to us. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So it, it will be an interesting uh, time there, and the Buccaneers picking 19th overall in the draft, and a lot of needs this this year, Matt, uh, in, yeah. in the draft. This is not a year where they're going to re-sign everybody coming off a of Super Bowl, and there's just not many needs and, and holes to fill. I think there's going to be a lot of holes to fill. There's 23 unrestricted free agents in this year's class, and it all kind of starts right with Tom Brady. That's yes, the first does. domino to fall. Brady is the lone starter on offense who will be a unrestricted free agent. And then you've got four starters on defense. I think the next domino to fall would be Levante David, right? We'll talk about him later in the week. But those two cornerstone pieces of the Bucs Super Bowl season and, and even last year too, and, and in 2021 in between, those are two big uh, you know holes to fill if Brady and David or either one of them don't return. But we're going to focus today on Tom Brady. I, we, we've had a ton of, of questions on social media about that. I addressed it a little bit about it in today's Bucks Monday Mailbag. So certainly that's where it all starts for the Buccaneers. It's We're getting ready to do, to do our, our, our mock draft. We'll have our first Peter Report mock draft later this week, Matt. It's oh, so hard. that's breaking news to me. I didn't even know that. Well, it's so hard to do this because right, is Levante David going to be back? If not, linebacker is is a pressing Jamel Dean. Yeah, Jamel Dean, right? If he's if he's going to be gone, and Sean Murphy Bunting, I mean, do you want to start Zion McCollum? I mean, cornerback becomes a huge need. Mm-hmm. Is this team going to keep Donovan Smith, or are they going to make him a salary cap casualty and start over at offensive tackle after Smith's worst year in the league? then all of a sudden offensive tackle becomes a major pressing concern for this team. And, of course, Tom Brady, right? If you don't have a quarterback, <laughs> you don't have a team. You don't have a chance. So we've seen that plenty of years here in Tampa when the Buccaneers, you know, you, you look back, Josh Freeman, Mike Lennon, Josh McCown, you know, even Jameis Winston to a degree. I mean, you know, just didn't have a lot of great seasons. So that's where it all starts. The Buccaneers probably not even going to know Tom Brady's status, I don't think until maybe late February at the earliest. Yeah, that's what I would think. You would imagine that Brady would at least make a decision if he's going to play. You would hear it before free agency because if everyone remembers from last season, especially everyone in Tampa with Gasparella coming up this Saturday, Tom Brady announced his retirement on Gasparella, arguably the busiest day in Tampa, but I digress. And then when he decided to come back out of retirement, he had to do it before free agency began because he didn't want to put the bucks behind the eight ball of the situation of, okay, you go through the first two weeks of free agency and that first, you know, the first 48 hours really are the big ones when you hear about the most notable names signing or re-signing right away. And that would put the bucks and Tom Brady in a tough situation if 
they go through a week or even a month of free agency. And then Tom goes, you know what? I'm feeling that itch again and I want to scratch it. I'm going to return to the Bucks. It's like, all right, awesome. Great, Tom. But uh, we don't really have enough people to build <laughs> around you because they all signed with other teams because our pitch would have been way different had you decided to come back early. So that's why Brady came, came back when he did right, right around March. Uh, that's when he started recruiting himself, calling Russell Gage. So to your point, yes, I, I think right around late February, you know, he's got the the movie coming out, I believe, right. in early February. So he's going to be marketing, promoting that. Uh, so maybe late February, early March is when you're going to find out the, the decision yep. between if Tom Brady is going to be the Bucks quarterback, quarterback for next season or if he's even going to play. And I think we learned, Scott, from everyone that watched the playoffs over the weekend is that if you want to go far in this league, it starts with head coach and quarterback. And yeah. there's a lot of questions about Todd Bowles, if he's the right guy for the job. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's any surprise that you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC and AFC championship games. It's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and then the exception to the rule this year with Brock Purdy quarterbacking the, the 49ers. But outside of Purdy, who is going the Tom Brady route of late round pick and yeah. proving everybody wrong. He hasn't lost a game yet. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't see this coming. I watched Brock Purdy. I thought he was a really good college quarterback at Iowa State. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big 12 guy being a Kansas State uh, Wildcat. So I've seen Brock Purdy play. He's a really good college quarterback. I didn't think that he would be as good in the pros as he is. He's in the right scheme at the right time. You know, he, he wasn't being called on to, to start early in the season, right? He, he's been biding his time, learning this offense behind the scenes, and then made his first start against Tampa Bay. Hasn't lost a game since. So I'm not going to knock the guy until he gives me a reason <laughs> to, right? I think that's the, the right thing. But you mentioned, you know, the right right coach and the right quarterback. And, and I think with Jason Light and Todd Bowles, if you remember, Matt, and you were there at the NFL scouting combine last year when yep. Jason Light, said, we're going to leave the light on for Tom Brady. And neither he nor Bruce Arians closed the door on Tom Brady. And I think that's a big reason why he ended up returning uh, is, is because you know he waited out the process. And I, I think this team was, was very patient with him. At the same time, though, there's more needs, more potential needs uh, on this team. And, and, and there is a bit of a domino process. So I, I think they're going to want to know before the eve of free agency or so, if Tom Brady is going to return, I think it's going to be, I think they're going to want to know as soon as possible, but, but more realistically, uh, probably by, by the time we're at, at the combine in Indianapolis and we'll, we will be there too, as well, senior bowl first. And then the combine, yes. which, which will be February 28th will be the day that Jason and Todd speak to the media. And then the, the player interview start and then the on, on field workouts start after that. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be quite uh, the offseason here on pins and needles to find out who is going to be the offensive coordinator to replace Byron Leftwich and possibly work with Tom Brady. That's another domino. That's another yes. piece of this puzzle, Matt, <laughs> is if you're an offensive coordinator, you want to know, who's the quarterback? Who am I going to have to work with? Is it Kyle Trask? Is he the only guy? Or, or have you had some inroads with Tom Brady? If you are Tom Brady, you know, wouldn't you like to maybe know who your offensive coordinator is going to be before you come back? It's Scott. Yeah, it's, this is a real jigsaw puzzle. This it, team has to yes. put together. I, what I was going to say is it's very much the chicken or the egg situation. Do you need Tom Brady? And then you go get your offensive coordinator. Do you need to, at least a decision on Tom Brady? And then you can right. pick the offensive coordinator or do you pick the offensive coordinator first 
And that either attracts Tom Brady or you decide, okay, we believe that this coordinator, whether it's Todd Munkin, whether it's Bill O'Brien or, you know, some of the other options that we've mentioned on PeterReport.com from Scott's article to uh, Adam Slavon had an article today pairing an offensive coordinator with a quarterback that that coordinator had already previously worked with. Whoever they decide on, again, it is, can this guy either attract Tom or work with Tom, or is this guy fully prepared to work with a different quarterback, whether it's a veteran or a, um, you know, a a rookie that they draft or Kyle Trask as well. You know, that he is, he is another option that is out there. Not saying that it should be the number one option, by the way, speaking of options, Yes. Very excited to announce that uh, Celsius Energy Drinks. You know we love Celsius, and they have a couple of new flavors, the Fantasy Vibe and the Sparkling Lemon Line, and obviously we love the Sparkling Orange as well. Make sure you check it out at your local convenience stores and uh, at places like that. The Fantasy Vibe, the newest flavor that Celsius Energy Drinks have, Just has to offer. Just go ahead and say it, Give the people what they go want. Go to your bodega and pick bodega. up the Fantasy Vibe or the Sparkling Lemon Lime. All great fantasy flavors. Vibe. It's a and fantasy. It's going to taste delicious. It always tastes delicious. So check that out over at your local bodega or convenience store. We got a super chat to get to. Oh, All a couple right. of super chats okay. because we love the pewter people. By the way, pewter people, let's oh. not forget. Oh. In, in, ten ten, minutes, Matt. in 10 minutes, 10 minutes, we're going to have some roll call, baby. Where you at, pewter people? That means we want to know because we have awesome fans all over the globe. We want to know where our pewter people where our fans of pewterreport.com are watching this show from we have awesome fans all around the globe from florida to out west in the united states to international so at 420 scott's gonna go on a rant something he wants to say about todd Bowles. yeah and i'm gonna put up uh the comments from everybody in the chat where they're watching the show from it's very interactive it's a lot of fun and we appreciate you pewter people and we appreciate the super chats as well starting with buck's basement thank you for the five dollar super chat He says Brady, or she, uh, Brady should return. He can help pick the new offensive coordinator and assistants. He has his whole offense signed, and Ryan Jensen will be back. O-line will be better. I certainly do think the offensive line is going to be better just by the natural progression of Ryan Jensen playing, hopefully, an entire season. So you already get an upgrade at center. We'll see what happens at guard because that again that moves Robert Hainsey into the possibility of fighting right. for that starting guard job, and Nick mm-hmm. Lever did a did a solid job as well. So it just makes for better competition. And right. then Donovan Smith, I think we're at the point. I don't know if he could have a worse season than what he had last year, yeah. just in terms of like the penalties themselves. 12, we talked, yeah, twelve and penalties, we talked a lot, six sacks allowed. We talked a lot about Donovan, um, how he went through a lot of stuff uh, mentally this season. And maybe the best thing possible is to have some time off now with, yeah. with the with the season done. Clear your head, just refocus for next season, and maybe mm-hmm. get the better version of Donovan Smith, the 2020-2021 version yeah. of Donovan Smith. So I do expect an improved offensive line. Once again, though, I don't know how much work Tom Brady's going to want to do this offseason. If he does decide to come back, mm-hmm. I think he would rather just be like the Bucks come to him and say, hey, Tom, uh, we're torn between these two. Who would you pick out of these two? And he goes, well, I like Bill O'Brien for X, Y, Z. I'll work with Bill. Okay, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line, a couple points that you're exactly right, Matt. You mentioned Robert Hainsey as a possible guard candidate. That was supposed to be the plan. It was supposed to be a battle royale between Hainsey, Nick Leverett, and and Luke Gedeke at the left guard spot. 
and they needed Hainsey at center. The great thing is this guy went wire to wire at center, got, got 17 games worth of experience, 16 really, because he missed almost all of the, the, the uh, uh, Falcons game in week 18 with that yeah. hamstring injury, but a ton of experience for him. Leverett played half the season. Gadecki played about half the season as well. So you've got three guys now that have that have a lot of experience heading into that. And I think the best may the best man win. I don't think they're going to be drafting a guard this year because they've got enough candidates in-house. And you mentioned Smith. He's going to be 30 years old this year. He is entering a contract year. Is that going to be enough to motivate him to have a bounce back year? He went through a lot of personal turmoil off the field. And I'm I'm hoping and I'm thinking that's resolved itself now. Maybe a fresh, clean slate for the year gets him refocused and back into that. But can you trust him after this year? That's going to be a big question. Like you said, he's 30. There also is a window here, Matt, because he is in that final year of his deal. Yeah. If the Bucks trade or cut him, they can actually free up about 9.5 or 9.95, whatever the number is. It's just under $10 million worth of salary cap space that they're going to need this year. So the problem is if you trade him or cut him, and you need a starting caliber left tackle, but you do clear up some cap room in this instance without taking any cap penalty where you're going to be penalized really for that, that transaction. So maybe that's the third domino, right? Tom Brady returns, Levante David, is he going to return? And then, and then Donovan Smith, what's his future in Tampa Bay? That's probably the third domino to fall in, in this offseason for Tampa Bay. Well, and I think, aside from the offensive coordinator. Sure, yes, that's that's obviously a big domino into it. And I think that affects so many of the current personnel changes that they might make, might make with players on the roster. I've said yeah. it before, but I'll say it again. If Tom Brady's back, I think that saves Leonard Fournette. If they go with another quarterback, really just if Tom decides to either play somewhere else or retire, I don't totally think that Leonard Fournette is back next season unless the offensive corner goes I like Leonard Fournette I can right. work with him I can do something with him so that's obviously another you know side factor into it I want to get to this super chat as well yeah. from David Stacks thank you for the 499 super <laughs> chat David he says we all we all hear the rumors about Brady going here or there don't all these talking heads remember saying that nobody wanted Brady before he came to Tampa. I did want to say, and thank you, David, for the super mm -hmm. chat. So there was that report that came out uh, recently, but I believe it was Ian Rappaport, that, um, you know, there's a couple of Bucks players that said that they don't think Tom Brady is going to right. come back to Tampa next season. And there was also the other report that Brady's going to take his time, which makes sense. He didn't want to fall into the same, you know, sure. situation that he got into next season. I truthfully think... Tom, at this point, doesn't totally know what he's doing just yet. I think he I is going to take time and think on it. And that's why, you know, the his last press conference has been dissected multiple ways. There's a lot of people saying, yeah, it sounded like a goodbye, a send-off, I'm done. It's been great in Tampa, but I'm leaving. Um, we kind of feel a little bit differently where it's like, hey, if this is goodbye, thanks for everything. But right. the door is still kind of open. And that is also very true. I mean, when Brady was first a free agent, there was – obviously, us in Tampa talked about it. Like, right. oh, Brady could come to the Bucs. But I don't think nationally it was the biggest thing. And then, lo and behold, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. There are always going to be appealing options out there. We can kind of weigh the pros and cons in a little bit or after a roll call at right. 420 of coming back to the Bucs versus what is appealing to him out there uh, for other teams. Um, but I don't th I don't think the doors by any means shut on Tom right. Brady coming to the box. 
I would agree. And you know, the thing too is you mentioned in 2020, right? The 49ers were 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 solicited by Tom Brady. I think Brady wanted to play there because that was his childhood team growing up, even though they passed on him in the draft. His parents were out there and his mother, you know, had the recent battle with cancer at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there was there was some inclination he could go there. Remember, the 49ers were just off the Super Bowl. So what a, what an opportunity for Brady to come on a Super yeah. Bowl ready team. And and I just believe that that was an instance where they said no, and you know, Tom didn't necessarily like that. The reason why is they just had Jimmy Garoppolo signed to that big deal, and Garoppolo was his backup in, in New England, and they didn't feel like they needed him, right? And and so that we kind of sensed a little bit of that animosity in the press conference leading up to the Bucks 49ers game this year, where he really said, I don't like this team anymore. <laughs> and and then there was the, the reports about Remember, because he went on on the the shop, the the LeBron James yep. uh, HBO show, mm-hmm. and and said that you know that he couldn't believe that they chose that MRF over him, and there were some that speculated that was Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee because yep. of the Mike Vrabel connection there, right? So you look at the teams now. I don't think the 49ers, certainly after playing and beating Tom Brady, and after the year Brady's had. It, it's kind of similar to how his season was in 2019 coming off of, of a down year in New England when the Patriots were one and done in the playoffs at home, courtesy of the Tennessee Titans. And Logan Ryan. <laughs> and Logan Ryan, exactly. Yeah. And and so I, I don't know that there's going to be a huge market for a 40, soon to be 46-year-old quarterback who didn't have the greatest film out there and didn't certainly didn't have a, a great year statistically outside of just throwing a bunch of times for a bunch of yards and completing a bunch of passes because Byron Leftwich wouldn't run the ball or couldn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, where are his options? You know, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a little bit here, but I, I still believe Tampa Bay is the best option for Tom Brady. And we'll, we'll get into that as well. Um, but you know, there's a very interesting clip too, where we'll talk about this on the other side of roll call. We'll do that first. We'll kind of talk about a, a story I posted to Peter Report. There was a video that came out that showed yes. Tom Brady trying to fire up his teammates because we're talking about the 49ers here in that 49ers game. And at least in this clip, and you got to be a little careful with video because there is editing, right? You can get, you can take things out of context. You can edit sure. video to make certain points and narratives, but it didn't seem like the, he was getting a real enthusiastic response and Brady's out there with the C on his chest, trying to lead, trying to get this team fired up to play the 49ers. Of course they got their asses kicked 35, seven. And there was one offensive lineman in particular that looked like he wasn't even in the same zip code as the yeah, rest he of a little uh, disinterested. Yeah. As the rest of uh, the Bucks players, but I don't want to give too much away. That's we right. will play the video in a little bit. And uh, the clock just hit 420. Oh so, oh you know, boy. it is, Roll call. Tell us where you're at, Pewter people. Like we said before, we love our fans that watch Pewter Report TV and Pewter Report podcast. And we want to interact with you guys as much as we possibly can. So what's about to happen is Scott is going to talk about a topic that he wants to get into. I believe this one is about Todd Bowles. And uh, what you guys can do if you want to participate along with us is start putting your location wherever you're watching the show from. Put your location in the chat 
and I will put it up on the screen so you can see it right in the uh, the little the little uh, section on the left or right hand yep. side, depending on uh, where you. Were, I don't know the the mirror kind of changes, but anyway, uh, start telling us where you're watching from. And Scott, the floor is yours. All right, so Todd Bowles, obviously not the most popular Buccaneer coach in franchise history, according to social media, right? Uh, a lot of fans unhappy with this eight and nine record this year, even though they won the South and got the playoffs, they lost. So fine, they're eight and 10, and I get that. I am not about to campaign for or side with Todd Bowles. I'm just looking at the facts. And at no point in time that I think Todd Bowles was going to be fired this year. We never reported that, never even really mentioned that. We had some questions in a in the Bucks Monday mailbag. You know, was Bowles going to get fired? Is he on the hot seat? And we addressed that at the time. But this team, the Glaziers, they have they've always given every coach they've hired at least two two seasons. Yep. Bowles was going to get this this season in 2023, especially after he delivered them the division title, whether they won eight games, 10 games, whatever. So that was a given. Todd Bowles is going to return. This organization understands that Todd Bowles inherited Bruce Arians coaching staff. And, and I'm just telling you facts. I'm not trying to persuade anybody. I'm not trying to uh, change your opinion about Todd Bowles. I'm just literally spitting facts here. He inherited Bruce Arians coaching staff. And this organization knows that. And every NFL coach, every new hire, even Nathaniel Hackett, who got fired 15 weeks into his first season in Denver, got to hire his own staff. Okay? Yep. And, and I know that the J.C. Allen's article, and of course, more importantly, Todd Bowles' comments about changing the culture, right? That's upset people because they're, how in the world can, you know, can you – as Todd Bowles say, change the culture when this you inherited a Super Bowl team with, with all the Super Bowl coaching staff. And I'm just here to tell you, and I saw it and, and I explained this in the Bucks Monday mailbag. The best way I can say it is this the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2002. John Gruden came in, Monty Kiffin's defense and, and his offense, and they went 12 and four, best record in team history. They won the Super Bowl. And the next year, they went seven and nine. And same coaching staff, pretty much the same players, certainly all the same stars. So what happened? Did the culture change? Yeah, you bet it did. It can change that fast. The culture can change in one year. Now, did it change from 2020 to 2021? No, I can't say that it did. It was pretty much the same. But why? Because they brought back just about every single player. This year was different. There were 18 new Buccaneers on the roster in week 18 than there were the previous season. That's 18 players, rookies, and some veterans that were not a part of the Super Bowl team. They were not a part of the 13 and 4 team. Now, were, were the coaching was the coaching staff the same? It was. But complacency can set in. For the Buccaneers in 2003, fresh off a of Super Bowl, complacency set in. I think you could look at the Rams and probably ask the same question. Well, what happened to that culture? They just won a Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Well, their culture went down the toilet too. Now they lost some players. Von Miller is certainly one of them. And if you don't think Von Miller is important, ask the Buffalo Bills. They'll tell you how important he is. So what I'm saying is culture can change quickly. Culture is not a permanent state of mind, a permanent status. 
Some teams can continue winning for some time. The Patriots have the Patriot way. Mike Tomlin works wonders up there in Pittsburgh. He's never had a losing season. Uh, you look at Kansas City with, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, uh, and maybe we're going to see this now with, with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. But sometimes you just have a down year. Sometimes complacency sets in. I, I did hear from some players this year. I, I didn't get any of them to admit to, did we think we could show up and win? Yes. Nobody told me that. But some of them had to think about it. And I said, did you guys think you could show up and win this year? And I had some players, and I'm not going to name names, but I had more than more than one for sure say, I mean, we we're really confident going into the games. And, you know, you look back at some of our losses and you think, well, yeah, I mean, maybe – it's not like we didn't take them seriously, but and see that's all you need to hear. Yeah, it, that hesitation, having to think about it, there was some some complacency set in, and and I think Todd Bowles, whether you like him or not, whether whether you think he's he's a good coach or should be fired and, and start over, one of two things is going to happen. I'm telling you this right now. Everyone who doesn't like Todd Bowles, listen up carefully. One of two things is going to happen. Either Todd Bowles is going to turn this thing around and produce a winning record in, a, in an NFC South championship again next year, or he's going to run this team into the ground, right, without Tom Brady, if Brady doesn't come back, mm. with Cal Trask or whatever, and then he's going to get fired, and because it'll be two years, he'll get fired. There'll be a top five, top ten draft pick in Tampa, and everyone who wants the rebuild is going to get their wish, and you'll have a, a new quarterback in 2024, because they'll have such a high draft pick because they lost so many games. So one of the two things is going to happen. Either the, the Todd Bowles believers or at least the wait and seers are, are going to see Bowles and maybe Brady or whoever else they can get a quarterback step in and, and get this thing above 500 again and win another division title. Or Matt, he's going to fail miserably. And it's it's going to be like, uh, what, 2018 all over again with the New York Jets. And at least the Buccaneer rebuilders are going to have their, their dream come true and, and be back into the top 10 drafting and finding a new head coach and maybe one that will yell and scream and, and show some emotion. And you know what? Here's my last point. I'm going to shut up. I, I love fiery coaches. I, I love Bruce Arians. I love John Gruden. God, when I was a Pop Warner coach, I was, I was the fire starter. I was that guy. I like that type of coach. All right. Tony Dungy wasn't that type of coach. Right. Jim Caldwell's not that type of coach. Um, there, there are some arms crossed guys. Todd Bowles is one of those guys. Doesn't show a lot of emotion. Doesn't mean that, that they can't coach. Doesn't mean they're, they're not good. Andy Reid. Yeah. I, I mean, think... his most famous thing is like, oh, he's a big guy that likes to eat. You know, right. like he's the I, I fun loving yeah. teddy bear type of guy. Mike I mean, Tomlin is kind of a arms crossed. Yeah. I mean, Tomlin's intense, but I don't yeah. even think you can say Andy Reid's intense. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. like, he's like, uh, you know, just a big walrus. So yeah, <laughs> like, when fans sit there and say, you know, well, he's not motivating them. He's not doing that. Tristan Wirfs, and we'll have Tristan on the show because I, I actually had this recorded. Uh, Tristan Wirfs told me Todd Bowles gives some of the most intense Saturday night at, at the team hotel fired up speeches. Now, he doesn't do it yelling and screaming and red faced like Arians or John Gruden would. But, I mean, Tristan Wirfs. The, the best player on this team, the all-pro right tackle, has told me that 
that you want to run through a brick wall for the guy. And Matt, let me ask you, you're in the locker room every day, just like, like, you know, me, actually, you're there probably even a little bit more than myself. Did you ever get a sense this year that Todd Bowles lost the locker room? No, not at all. I mean, they've been in a lot of the games except for the San Francisco game, which we can get into that clip in a little bit. But no, I mean, the the team was very together. They're very close knit, almost like to a fault that like they're almost too close, like having a little too much fun where maybe they didn't get as serious. But, you know, one of my first years there, you know, when they were a losing team, the locker room was almost dead at a lot of times. So I think it's still even though they struggled this year, you would rather have the camaraderie that the Bucks have right now than right. in previous regimes and, and previous seasons. I mean, even after the season was done, you looked on Instagram, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr. And Sean uh, Murphy Bunting. And Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah. We're all hanging out in Miami together. The yeah. defensive lineman, Deidre Sanat, Pat O'Connor. I believe Will Golston was on that trip as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to dox everyone, but they took a flight out somewhere right. and we're hanging out together. So there's still a lot of good camaraderie on this team. Uh, to your point about the Bucs just expecting to win, the first thing that really just pops into my head is that post-game press conference with Todd Bowles where he's like, some people think that they're living in a fantasy land and that you could just go and show up and win. Right. Now, we don't know still if he was talking about a coach or a player, but right. obviously some people within the building felt that way. And I'll tell you this, to your point of either he's going to turn it around or they're going to go down in flames and you know start rebuilding for 2024. Uh, if it's the latter of those options, the uh, Bucks fans will turn into USC and North Carolina fans rooting for uh, yes. Caleb Williams and and Drake May that they could right. be their guys. Uh, there's still a lot of super chats we got to get yeah. into. Uh, appreciate let's, everyone. Let's play that, that Brady video. Let's get back into yeah, the Brady conversation here. We will. Uh, let's first, though, I want to talk to everybody about underdog fantasy. Um, I know the football season is winding down, but you could still bet on underdog fantasy mm-hmm. With uh, golf, the UFC, basketball's going on right now. So is the NHL. And uh, you can do baseball, too, when baseball season gets here. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL with Underdog Fantasy and their pick Their Rivals games is a lot of fun, too. Uh, just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Once again, that's promo code PEWTER, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your first deposit doubled by Underdog Fantasy. You may have learned from Plant City Math, but you know that that's a heck of a deal. So check out Underdog Fantasy. So yeah, that was the other uh, big story that kind of came out today. The uh, video... That the Bucks posted, uh, Dove Kleiman put it on his social media as well. Mm-hmm. That got it a lot of traction. But Tom Brady was trying to hype up his teammates in the game against the 49ers. And it didn't exactly go as planned. So I don't even need to really set up the video. Yeah. We're, we're going to play it twice. Just watch it the first time. And then sure. we'll talk about it for a quick second and we'll play it again. All right. Here we go. Samuel in the backfield now. They're going to pitch it to Samuel. Right side. Gets the block. Samuel cuts it upfield. Debo Samuel is in for the touchdown. Let's go, boys. Let's go answer it now. It's going to be a dog fight. That's why we're here. Let's go, boys. Come on. You want it? You got it. It's right here. You like football? This is where you want to be. 
You guys got it? Gotta go fight. It ain't gonna be any easier all day. Right? Just go slug it out. Fourth and one. On one on one. Ready? Here's Brady. Only a three-man rush this time. Going deep. Has Evans. Wide open. He's got it. Mike Evans. Foot race. Take a suck it out. Oh, yeah. There's a penalty, though, back at the line of scrimmage. Let's go, boys. Come on. We gotta go fight. Another example of that red zone offense that just can't quite find a way to get it done. Hey, take this stupid thing off my back. Just rip it off. It's go through there. Just take it out. It's taped on. I gotta Sorry, get it just take it. That's that's some pretty interesting stuff right there. It really is. Um, obviously, the, the clips. Some of the slips are at the beginning of the game, right? Because yeah. the 49ers go on top 7-0 on their first drive. Brady's saying, hey, we got to an answer. I think everybody's still doubting at that point, 7-0. And then the Bucks had a chance to make it, what, 7-7 after the touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Then there was the holding call on Donovan Smith. And it just got totally derailed from, from there. Tampa Bay's offense couldn't really do anything until later in the game. Who scored the touchdown in that game? Was it Co'Keefe? No, Koki scored in the Cleveland game. That's right, the, the Browns um, game, yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even really matter, does it? it you no, know, it doesn't. It might have so. been Chris Godwin. I, yeah, I think it was, say. yeah, it might have been Godwin. Yeah, he had like, yeah. A, it was him or Russell Gage, because Russell Gage went right. on that run of like. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was inconsequential, 35-7. Yeah. But um, but just just watch again, you know, look look at the huddle in, you know, when, when he's talking to them on the field. And then what's really telling you know, and again, take it for what it is, because videos can be edited for context and, and you can twist things if you want. But at the same time, you know, this is all we have to go by. So so take a look at it. It's a little stunning to me when you look at Tom Brady addressing his offensive line. Now, Tristan Wirfs was out for that week. That was right. Josh Wells taking over. Wells is off to the left on the screen. Donovan Smith's on the right. And he's the furthest away, and he's not even listening to Tom Brady, not even looking at him. In the backfield now, they're going to pitch it to Samuel. Right side, gets a block. Samuel cuts it upfield. Debo Samuel is in for the touchdown. Let's go, boys. Let's go answer it now. It's going to be a dog fight. That's why we're here. Let's go, boys. Come on. You want it, you got it. It's right here. You like football? This is where you want to be you guys got it gotta go fight it ain't gonna be any easier all day right just go slug it out fourth and one on one on one ready here's brady only a three-man rush this time going deep has evans wide open he's got it mike evans foot race take a suck it out oh yeah there's a penalty though back at the line of scrimmage let's go boys come on gotta go fight Another example of that red zone offense that just can't quite find a way to get it done. Hey, take this stupid thing off my back. Just rip it off. It's go through there. Just take it out. It's taped on. I gotta Sorry, just take it. Yeah, it's just tough. You know, he's looking like that. Yeah. And you, you see Hansy, you see Leverett, you see Shaq Mason all kind of dialed in, looking, nodding their heads. And then, then you see Donovan Smith distracted, you know, there. And I don't know, maybe a second later, he goes up to Tom, sure. says, all right, let's do this. 
We don't know because in fairness, in fairness we don't know that. Yeah. I, I just think that the the part that was most alarming and and Dove kind of mentioned it in his tweet as well is that sure the, the offensive linemen were like nodding their head yes, but there was no like secondary let's up and go by someone right. else. No like right. all right, let's get it. You know and there that, was no that would be Ryan Jensen right. That's yeah. Ryan Jensen. That's the fire starter on offense. Yeah. So to to me, Hansy did a credible job, not incredible. He did a credible job yes. replacing the center position in Tampa Bay, but you're not going to replace Big Red's ginger. You're not going to replace that that fire that yeah. he brought to this offensive line and to the team itself. So, uh, you know, maybe Tom Brady wants to come back and play with Ryan Jensen and 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 get that rapport back with Mike Evans, and and maybe you chalk it up to a bad year all the way around. I'm just not sure how many suitors are going to be lined up for Tom Brady, right? And we'll talk about why he might come back, but the offensive coordinator, Matt, it's a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah, Mikey with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Mikey. I saw you in the roll call as well, yep. wondering. Uh, we we want to get to everything, so yep. thanks, Mikey. When can we start to see Bucks put in interview requests for offensive coordinators? Because yeah, we've seen some teams already speak to some people. Right. Um, obviously, one of them is Sean Payton, who's yep. not an offensive coordinator right now for any team. Um, but that's a head coaching, obviously. Yeah. Sean Payton's not going to come back to be an offensive coordinator. But. And Sean Payton's let, letting everybody know where he's interviewing and how yeah. many times. Yeah. He's being very upfront. He's on Fox. I mean, he's right. he's putting it out there. He's saying, come get me, and he's trying to raise that price tag up a little bit. I think the Buccaneers, Matt, from what I've heard, or should I say not heard from the Buccaneers, I don't think they're going to be very transparent with who they're interviewing. It might leak out and slip out. But they're they're not, I don't think, going to be announcing who they're going to be talking to. Um, so the organization, I don't think, at least they haven't this weekend or today, put that information out. It hasn't come through my channels. So I think they're being very low-key and discreet about it. It doesn't mean that, that things aren't going to happen. But I would suspect they're talking to people this week, Matt. And what is the Senior Bowl, aside from... From the biggest collection of of NFL talent, it's also the biggest NFL job fair, right? That that is absolutely perfect point. By the way, thank you, Sean McDonald, for the ten dollars super chat. Thank you. Um, if you have another comment, we will put it up. But thank you, Sean. That's actually a great example, Scott, because I was listening to the Dan Patrick Show recently, and they had on uh, Jason Garrett. He's on mm-hmm. NBC now. He was the Cowboys coach. Um, but anyway, so they're asking him how he got the Cowboys job. How they first like introduce it to him. And he said that he was at the Senior Bowl. He was a offensive coach for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins mm-hmm. just got a new head coach. He was still with the team. But anyway, right. he was in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl when the Cowboys, who he had played for, so we had a history yeah. there. The Cowboys t- asked the, the Dolphins essentially, hey, can we have a meeting with Jason Garrett? And the Dolphins were like, yes, but you have to make a decision by Thursday or whatever. Jason Garrett didn't know if he was going to be – you know, their offensive coordinator, head coach, and everything like that. Right. But that meeting started, the, at least the first inclination of, hey, we want to talk to this guy. It started in Mobile, and he literally right. flew from Mobile to Dallas to have his conversations with the Cowboys. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of coaches interacting, a lot of GMs interacting, front office people, right. uh, coaches and players as well. So, yeah, I, I think the Bucks, much like how Todd Bowles isn't as revealing in general right. like Bruce Arians was, I don't think you're going to see too many, um, you know, big stories out there about it. Mm-hmm. There, there will be one, a couple that slip through the cracks. Right. I think obviously they'll talk to. They won't leave any stone unturned. Really, Correct. they're going to talk yeah. to Todd Munkin. They're going to talk to Bill O'Brien. Yeah. 
But don't be surprised if you see a couple of other names that maybe we didn't even list right. that are in the mix. Because, you know, some of the most brilliant minds in football, you're like, wait, they hired this guy? And then all of yeah. a sudden, he's the next Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel. Right. So I think you're, that's You're exactly right. And you mentioned Mike McDaniel. That's a great point. I mean, nobody knew who Mike McDaniel was three <laughs> yeah. years ago. He wasn't on people's radar, right? So now he's a head coach of the Dolphins. John B. asks, wouldn't candidates leak it, get more interest, and get into a bidding war? Sure. And no, I, I listen, if – if if you're if you're going to be talking to the Buccaneers and and they don't want things revealed, we've even uh, done that at the at the combine, uh, Matt, where where we have asked NFL draft prospects that have interviewed with the Buccaneers, right? We've yes. asked a few of them and say, "Have you met with the Buccaneers?" "Yes, I have." "Did did you meet with the head coach Who and the GM, yeah. or was it an area scout?" And it's a, um, "I was told not to say." Right? We've heard that. So the Buccaneers yes. are are a little secretive by nature. I mean, Peter Report, we're going to find things out and, and break news when we can and, and give you the inside scoop. But sometimes this team is very tight-lipped, and so far in this process, it's been tight-lipped. Have another super chat from Laurent Valles Jr. Thank you for the $5 super chat, Laurent. Would it be a viable option to let Brady walk, fix our cap next year, then either move forward with Trask or draft a quarterback in 2024? You know, that's something that I thought about as well, because obviously the Bucs are in cap hell. Yeah, It's a tough situation. But why not almost just, at some point, you're going to have to bite the bullet. Like, right. why not almost, if Brady decides he's not going to play, why not? And it's not fair to Todd Bowles, but again, like, the franchise has to do what they think is best sure. for the overall franchise. Why not just kind of be like, okay, you know what? We're going to pay the owed money to Brady, even though he's not on the team. Right. Um, we're going to cut Leonard Fournette and Donovan Smith so we mm -hmm. can at least save some money and we can start the process of finding that next left tackle or moving Tristan right. Wurst, whatever they want to do. And we're just going to tank and we're going to try to go for Caleb Williams or, or yeah. Drake May. I think there's something to that. But I also think even though they're under contract, it's a very tough sell to guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that right. saw all of the crappy years. Yeah. And now it's, they got the taste of success. They won the Super Bowl. I don't know if they want to get back to that. And then again, the other wrench into this whole situation is that the NFC South is not going to be good anyway. So right. you could have another, it's too you know, tempting, right? To, eight, nine season to yeah. make the playoffs. I, I'll, I'll say this. The Glaziers have been here a minute, right? They, they bought the team in 1995. Actually, 94, I believe, is when they bought it. In 95, they, they had the Sam Weiss year. Then they fired him, and Dun Tony Dungy came aboard in, in 1996. Matt, they went through the the rebuild with the number one overall pick and in, in Jameis Winston in 2015. And they waited five years for Jameis to take them to the playoffs, and he never did. I don't think that the Glaziers want to rebuild. This team, remember... There was a what a twelve year, ten year window where they didn't go to the playoffs at all. Mm. They had a couple of close calls. Dirk Cutter was nine and seven. You had uh, Raheem Morris who was ten and six, and they missed the playoffs in both of those years. I want to say it was twenty sixteen and two thousand and ten, and they they didn't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Glaziers like the playoffs. They want their team to win. I don't think that they're <laughs> eager to do any type of rebuild. Or or try to tank it and, and get that number one pick. They're just not. They want they want to win. They they've they've lost more than they've won with this franchise. And so I, I don't think they have the stomach 
to go back into the dark ages. Because here's the thing, Matt. Yeah, maybe you get a Joe Burrow uh, type guy, and you know he leads you from from the the outhouse to the penthouse yep. like that quick. Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City. But if you don't, it's a five year road with Jameis Winston, right? Like there's there's no guarantees. So I, I think there's something you know to that. Um, one thing here that that I'm curious about, I'm going to write about as well. You know, uh, Tony Saylor says this. Brady was not all in. Now, I, I think Brady thought he was all in, but obviously there was some distractions, right? I mean, he's never gotten divorced before in, in an NFL season. This was something new to him, and and it certainly affected his play and affected his season and preparation, et cetera. I am curious, even at age 46, what a all-in, distraction-free um, revenge tour for Tom Brady looks like. Right. I'm curious about that. Maybe father time wins in the end and it just isn't meant to be for for Brady at 46. But that that kind of piques my curiosity a little bit. Like what if what if Tom Brady on March 28th says, I'm all in. Let's do this. You know, we understand we're going to have to cut some people and and make some cap sacrifices. But damn it, we're going to win the NFC South. I'm going to bounce back. We're going to be a better team. Going to get the connection back with Mike going to have Ryan Jensen as my center and I'm all in like never before. I'm going to be there every day of training camp, not missing any days, you know, let's roll. And, and I'm curious as to what the outcome would be with that type of mentality from Brady. I absolutely love that title of Tom Brady revenge tour. Like it sounds great. Like just going down swinging one last season, like yeah. all in boss of the wall. I think that would uh, really be something. Hey, before you heard us talk about, our uh, newest drink over at uh, Celsius Energy Drinks. But we also want to remind everyone about the vibes. The vibes are always high on the show. The Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibes, awesome flavors. I think the Arctic is probably my favorite flavor that Celsius has to offer. Uh, seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives. You don't get that post-energy drink crash or jitters that you would with other products. Um, if you haven't had a Celsius Energy Drink before, Go to the store locator, punch your address in, and find out where you can go get one at your local bodega or other uh, convenience bodega. stores and places by you. And then if you want to get them in bulk, uh, head on over to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and have it sent to your house or apartment uh, weekly, quarterly, whenever you want. And uh, get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Why try one flavor when you can have multiple flavors? Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, another product that we love very, very much that we want to talk to you guys about is age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Don't wait, man. Don't do what I did. I'm 50. I'm going to be 51. God, that it's painful to say. I'm going to be 51 in April, right around the draft. But the great news is I don't feel 50 or 51. I feel like I'm 40. Maybe I'll feel like I'm 41 in April. I don't know, though. I'm feeling pretty good. Why? Because I got testosterone therapy done at age rejuvenation. It's natural, fellas, as we as we age we naturally lose testosterone and uh, and we feel old and tired and sluggish, you know, and 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 that's exactly how it's feeling. My problem was I 
felt that way probably around 42, 43, 44. And I waited because I, I just thought this is getting old. This is what old age looks like. And it sucked. But I went to Age Rejuvenation. And they've got a great website, agerejuvenation.com. Do what I did. Go there and sign up for your free consultation. Get the blood work done. Your insurance will pay for it. And then get your testosterone checked. And you'll find all your different you know, blood levels. And, and uh, uh, you know, I've got a thyroid issue. And, and they've given me some medication to help with that. But the biggest thing is, is I needed a testosterone therapy. And, and I got that done. And I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. Um, and I sleep better at night. I can work out longer and, and, and stronger in the gym. And the thing too is, is they're giving you $500 off your first testosterone therapy treatment at age rejuvenation, 500 bucks off your first treatment, go to agerejuvenation.com, five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Don't wait, do it today. Take care of your health. It's the new year. Make it a new year with age rejuvenation. Check it out today. And uh, as we wrap up the show, just want to remind everybody that we have changed around our off-season schedule just a little bit, just a minor tweak. Um, still doing it four days a week. But the way we're going to set it up is today and Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesdays, we'll be doing the show at 4 p.m., 4 Eastern time. That's how we commonly did it during the regular season. On Wednesday and Thursdays, we're still having a show. We're just pushing it back a little bit later. Prime to, time. Yeah, prime time, 7 p.m. So, you know, you can get off of work. You can have dinner, whatever it may be, and then tune into us um, on our YouTube channel. Speaking of our YouTube channel, want to send a huge thank you to yes. all of you, the pewter people. We reached 10,000 subscribers. We are so happy about that. Um, cannot thank you guys enough for spreading the good word of Pewter Report TV and pewterreport.com. Uh, it really meant a lot for us to reach that goal. I want to thank everybody from Scott to Josh Capo, John Ledyard, the great Mark Cook that started this podcast, Trevor Sykema, Casey yeah. Hudson, uh, AC, Grizz, yeah. um, Adam Paul Salon, Atwell. Paul Atwell, Matthew Perry as well, um, yeah. does a lot of our graphics and stuff for uh, Peter Report. There's so many people that contributed yep. to us getting to 10,000 subscribers, and we couldn't have done it without our fans. So uh, let's thank go you to guys. 11. Let's go from 10 yeah, let's get to, to 11. 11. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's get yeah. to 11,000. Uh, keep on telling people about Peter Report TV. We really you know appreciate it. It's yep. really cool doing some of these primetime podcasts because we we do reach a different audience. Some of y'all have to work. I understand. We're working yeah. too. It just we do different things here during the day. And and so we, we get to have some of, of the people that that maybe are on the West Coast or maybe uh, can't join us during the four o'clock hour Eastern time. They get to to join us in the, in the live chat. And so we it's cool to hear, you know, some new voices and see some new faces there. So you get the best of both worlds. You get you get four o'clock p.m. Mondays and Tuesdays and then 7 p.m. on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Now, next week's a little bit different, though, because we're yes. going to be at, in the Senior Bowl at Mobile, Alabama. We're going to be having podcasts. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So it's nothing but prime time next week. Why? Because they have practices during the day, and, and we need to be able to get home to our, our uh, Airbnb and, and and do the podcast there and tell you all about the practice uh, information and, and all of the details that we have uh, from that. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week, 7 p.m. Then we're going to have a Friday recap show. We're driving home Thursday. of have a Friday recap show of the Senior Bowl heading into the Senior Bowl game. And that's going to be Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So a little bit of a different schedule, but uh, we're going to have some primetime podcasts, which is fun. One final parting shot about Tom Brady here. And the reason why I think that 
that there's a pretty good chance he still stays in Tampa. He likes playing for Todd Bowles. I know that's that's going to be crazy, you know, to some of you people, but but listen, the fact that these coaching changes were made, and if you if you read the SRS Fab Five, if you watched last week's podcast, you probably have a pretty good idea of what went wrong, and the fact that that they're going to be getting a new offensive coordinator in here because he's going to learn a new offense anyways, Matt, whether it's in Tampa or somewhere else. But at least he knows the players here. He knows the head coach. And I think more importantly, he has got a rock-solid relationship with Jason Light. I think this this is something that you really can't, um, you know, sweep under the rug or or not emphasize. Uh, he and Jason are pretty tight. That's right after they won the <laughs> Super Bowl right there. Um I think Jason's probably already had some beers, you know, uh, celebrating the the Bucks win over the Super Bowl. But but those two guys are are really tight. Brady's tight with Joel Lazier. And if you go to another organization, and again, I've used this as an example, look at the Denver Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett. It sounded good back when he was hired in the offseason. And trading for Russell Wilson sounded great. It didn't work out. At least Brady knows there's a path here in the NFC South to get back to the playoffs. The last thing Brady wants is to go to a team that doesn't make the playoffs. And I'm not sure that the Miami Dolphins, who knows who their defensive coordinator is going to be. Is that the right system with Mike McDaniels? Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know that, that there is a better system out there. If he goes to Tennessee, is the AFC South as a downtrodden division too? Does he have a better chance of winning there? He's got a running game and Mike Brable's defense. Maybe Tennessee is a bit of a dark horse in this situation, given their Patriots connection. We'll see. But I don't know. I I, I still think if Brady's going to play, I don't know there's a better situation out there. Maybe I'm wrong. There will be a lot of time, at least for the next month, for us to think and talk about the next yeah. move by Tom Brady. So this probably won't be the last time that we get into this discussion. But that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to everybody for watching to watching the greatest show of all time that we've ever done in Peter Reports history. I so, think today we know it, Matt. I think, I think we did. I the think best did. podcast we've ever done. We'll have to try to stop it tomorrow. Yeah, so for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out.